0: Why did God design work in His plan? Have you ever, have you ever wondered that and thought about that? Work was not part of the punishment after the fall. Work was part of His original design when we were still in the garden. So it must be a blessing. He must have done it because He loved us. There must be a reason for it. What in the world? Genesis 2, 15 through 17 is where it the design is is established in the Garden of Eden the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and to keep it and the Lord God commanded the man saying you may freely eat of every tree of the garden but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you shall die but the focus for for Labor Day God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden which was the perfect place and said, you till it and keep it. When I think of tilling, I think of hoeing. I think of breaking the ground and sweating and keeping it. We're going to look at that for just a few minutes this evening. Let's bow together. Fathers, we come. We thank you for our health and strength and for the privilege of working. Whether we are employed now, or retired, or looking forward to working one day, or wherever you put us, help us put our hand to the plow and help us do the best we can with the gifts that you've given us and the time you've given us to be faithful for you. Whatever you want us to accomplish, help us accomplish it. In Jesus' name, amen. So why In the Garden of Eden, according to God's original design, before man's fall, why was it God's original purpose, his perfect intention for us to work? Smack dab in the middle of creation, God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. So work was not God's punishment after the fall. It was in his original design. Why? Was it just to make money and put food on the table? You know that bumper sticker, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go? I've seen that. And it reflects the basic reason why we do what we do in our jobs. And I hate to sound crass, but most of us work because we, we have bills to pay. But God must have a better reason for our work than just paying the bills because it was his plan for us to work even before Adam and Eve had bills to pay. So work is a blessing. How is it a blessing? How is it God's design for us to work? Well, the first place, it seems to me that work is part of God's natural makeup of us. He did not put us here to sit and twiddle our thumbs and prop our feet up. The biblical view of paradise was not some scene where Adam and Eve just lay around all day and someone or, or something or, or just feeding each other grapes while they rocked in hammocks. Although that does sound pretty good, doesn't it? <laughs> the best part, for many of us, the best part of our vocation is our vacation. But not so in the Bible, not so. At the end of the day when you lay your head down on your pillow, sometimes I take inventory of the things I've done that day. And when you lay your head down on your pillow at the end of the day, when do you have a deeper level of satisfaction as you reflect back on your day? Is it the day you did nothing and wasted or the day you did something significant and accomplished something? I remember I had a professor at seminary named Gerald Borchard. I'll never forget this. And we were in a class one day and he said the night before he had laid his head down on his pillow at night, he said it was a good day because I would worked all day and felt like I had accomplished much. I think my happiest days are when I'm tired but fulfilled because of what God accomplished that day. And a lot of days I can't really think of things that are accomplished and so sometimes I make a list of things to do and then when you check off that list, you're able to see some things that you actually did. There's a reason for that sense of accomplishment. It's because God put it in our original makeup, His original design of us. I guess it's in our DNA that He created us to work. It was part of paradise originally. God created the world and He put us in it to take care of it no matter what we do for a living. If we are a Christian, if we are a follower of Jesus, then all that we do is part of God's design. It's God's work. Whatever our job might be, it might be something It should be something related to the task that God assigned to us. In our text this evening, two words that describe our task. It says to till and to keep. To till is the word in Hebrew. It means just like what it sounds. It means to till, to turn over the earth. And to keep really means to guard, to protect. It's the same word used for the task of the cherubim in 324 who were to guard the tree of the life after man had eaten of it, to guard, to protect. So we are to work and develop God's earth, and then we're also to guard it and protect it. And that means to be good stewards of the earth's resources. Those were our marching orders from God. This is your world. You tell it. You protect it. I'm entrusting this earth to you. Now, you work it and take care of it. So that your children and your children's children might be able to enjoy it too. And you don't squander all the resources that I've placed here for you to enjoy. So working was part of God's original design for you. And I remember starting out in seminary, Susan and I were going to a counselor. And he said something pretty profound because we were looking at friends of ours who came from wealthy families. And uh, we were wishing that we had trust funds or an inheritance one day that we could fall back on and not have to do anything. And he said something I've never forgotten. He He said this, if you're counting on an inheritance in order to succeed, you must not think much of your own abilities. You see what he's saying? If you're counting on an inheritance in order to make it, you must not think much of yourself or your own abilities. Because God made you to work. He gave you abilities to accomplish something, to do something. Lying around and doing nothing were not part of our original makeup. So that's the first reason I think God let us work is because he created us that way. And he knew that when we worked, we would derive some sense of satisfaction and fulfillment from it. Because that's the second part of what God says here or what the scriptures say. We have permission to enjoy the gifts of God and the fruits of our labor. You may eat freely of every tree of the garden. What trees? Well, the trees that you have tilled, that you have provided for, that you have kept, that you have nurtured, that have grown fruit. You're free to eat of them. The Lord put fruit-bearing trees in the garden. The fruit of every tree except one was available for man to eat. He had the responsibility to tend the trees, but he also had a hand in continuing their productivity. And so it is with us today. With God's plans, we have jobs, we have vocations that fit into God's overall vocation for us where we serve him and work with him. And as we labor, there will be products of our our work, our, our, our labor, our work labor fruit. And God has given us the freedom to enjoy those products. And one of the results... That come as a fruit of our labor, and we've already talked about as money. And we all hope to be able to make our families comfortable and provide for them the necessities of life. The valid fruit of our labors are those resources, and, and God has told us to enjoy them. But we also ought to be responsible with them. Because another possible fruit of our labor is opportunity. And Someone said the reward for a job well done is what? Another job. And God, uh, Jesus expressed that in, in a parable. Because you've been faithful in two talents or five talents, I'll double that responsibility for you. Whether it means moving to another job or getting a promotion within our own organization, we all strive to do our best for greater opportunity, for greater responsibility, to exercise the gifts that God has given us to the limit of our abilities. When we're successful in doing that, we enjoy that experience. But there are also other benefits of our work. And respect is one of them. I learned that early in life. My first job, I'll never forget, was the summer of my 10th grade year. And I was, you remember Fuller Brush? It was kind of like Avon for for men or something. Fuller Brush. I was a Fuller Brush salesman door-to-door in 10th grade. And I really played on that because I would knock on doors and I would say, hi, I'm your fuller brush man, actually your fuller brush boy. And I became pretty successful at selling brushes and combs and all kinds of stuff to housewives in 10th grade. And I learned early that the key to selling successfully was knocking on more doors. And so I started early and I worked late, and instead of walking all the way down the driveway and up the road and up the next driveway, I just jumped the fence or went through the hedges that people had between their yards. And one afternoon, I overheard our sales manager comparing the other boys to me and telling them that I was the best salesman he ever had. And for a manager to pay that compliment to me in his respect, I could hide. I could have no higher compliment because he didn't do it for my benefit. He didn't know I was listening. So if you have the respect of other people in your field, appreciate it because far too many employees are average. They're mediocre. And instead of taking pride in what they do, their only motive for working is to watch the clock and get the paycheck. And that's no way to work according to God's design. A final possible fruit of our labor is praise. And getting patted on the back for what you do, that's encouraging. And when you've done a good job, you need to be praised and appreciated. But always remember, the opportunity for you to succeed was given to you by God, and so he is ultimately responsible. And so don't let it go to your head. I'll never forget Ralph Kicklider. You remember Ralph? Ralph, I would go and visit him, and, and as I was leaving, I would pray for him, and as I was pulling my hand away after a prayer, he would hold on to it and say, now I want to pray for you. And he would ask God to bless me and be with me, and I'll never forget how he concluded his prayers. He said, Lord, don't ever let him get too big for his britches. Robert Montgomery said, if you achieve success, you will get applause. And if you get applause, you will hear it. But my advice to you concerning applause is this, enjoy it, but never quite believe it. It's a warning. In spite of pursuits, avoid the temptation of thinking too highly of yourself, of getting too big for your britches, because there's a tension having permission to enjoy your work but at the same time having some restrictions on ways you can enjoy it because that brings me to the third thing that happened here in the garden because God said enjoy the fruits of your labors but I'm going to set some boundaries on you just to make sure that you enjoy your labors and the fruit of your labors with some limitations god set some boundaries Verse 17, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What in the world was that? What does it mean? Why didn't God want us to know about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And why did he tell us we could eat of every tree, but that tree? And why did he put that tree right there in front of Adam and Eve to tempt them? The tree probably represents knowledge. In other words, the command not to eat of that tree is the command for you not to try to know what God knows, what only God knows. We were to tend and to guard that tree among all others, but not eat of it so that you not get too big for your britches. And I think the sin here is that sin that is underneath every sin. And what most of this, the sin that most of the characters in the Bible succumb to, do you know what it is? It's pride. It's pride, because you think you can do something that only God can do. You think you know better for yourself than what God knows. You think you can eat of that tree when God told you not to, because you know more than He knows, or you know better than He knows, and that is pride. God said there are things that will be outside the boundaries of your freedom. Trust me, don't go there. And when you do, it, you will hurt yourself, you will harm yourself, and the sin is pride because you think you know more than I know. You think you know better than I know. You can do this, but not that. Why? Because that will do you harm. It's like the parent who tells the child, don't touch the eye on the stove. Why? Why? because it will hurt you. Trust me in this. And still children will touch it and burn themselves and still we will venture outside the boundaries God has given us and hurt ourselves because of our pride, because we think we know more than he. So I think God has given us the privilege of work as a blessing. And it's a threefold blessing. We are incomplete without doing something, no matter what that job might be. I don't care if you're blue collar or white collar, if you're inside the home or outside the home, or wherever you go, whatever you do, there is a blessing in work. And and even if you're retired, I hope that there's a purpose that you have. I'll, Susan and I lived in a garage apartment in Louisville in seminary and it was on an estate. And the widow of the estate was watching everything run down around her. Her husband was a famous surgeon in Louisville. And I said, Ms. Imes, what happened to your husband? And she said, he was 65 years old when he retired and he had nothing to do. And he died a month later. I hope that even in retirement, You have something to do because there are all kinds of responsibilities around here at church that we'll be glad to share with you. Mark's over here nodding right now, our minister to senior adults. All kinds of things that will give you a purpose and not just busy work, not just to keep you busy, but to help you fulfill a purpose for which God has blessed you. And gifts with which He has equipped you, and the opportunity to do it. So, our task as Christians is to see our labors as part of God's overall plan for our lives. I've never really thought about that before. It's profound to me that God created us to work, and it wasn't punishment. I know now after. We ate of the tree and and, and the serpent tempted us. He said, by the sweat of your brow shall this fruit be brought forth. You shall work and tend. And woman, you know, by pains of labor have children. But even before that, God told us to till the garden and keep it. We have permission to enjoy the fruit that we have obtained through our labors. And the third blessing is, is that we need to remember there are parts of God's creation that are reserved only for Him, like that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we must leave that tree of knowledge to Him, and we must trust Him, because when we strive to assume the place that only He can take, we, become, we try to become our own little gods, and that's Pride. On Labor Day Sunday, let's be reminded that we belong to him. We owe everything that we are, everything that we have to him. The garden is his, the strength that we have to till it is his. The opportunity to till it is his. And he asks us to hold nothing back, but to love him and to serve him. And to be faithful in the garden and to do what he's asked us to do and to trust him with not doing what he's told us not to do. And to respect his commands to be faithful in the Garden of Eden, in your own garden, whatever address it might be. Work hard. Do your best. Lay your head down on your pillow at night and derive some sense of satisfaction and accomplishment. And trust God to use you and the gifts he's given you to fulfill his purpose for your life. Let's bow together. God, I guess it's only those people who've never sat around with nothing to do that dream of how wonderful it would be because when you actually get to doing it, it must be the most boring thing in the world. And so help us to trust you and to obey you and to know that what you called us to do, you have a purpose for us doing it. And we can be happy and fulfilled when we obey you. Help us to trust you by not doing what you tell us not to do. And to be happy within the boundaries that you've given us. Whatever that they might be. And to love you enough to be faithful in our calling. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.